SHW. This is our wrestling. This is insane what we're seeing right now. We're going out tonight. It's been a long, long time. Make sure I look just right. Going down. Heads up, heads up. Here comes the spread. Oh, hail the queen. Another spear. Will it be enough? No, not, not this like way. This. Not like Come this. On. No. This is just bedlam right now. Hey, hey, hey. What is going on here? You've got to be kidding me. Holy cow. And now, the voices of SHW, Brandon Benefield, Gerard Bonner, and Diana Michelle. What is going on, everybody? It's that time of the week. It's Friday. And you know what that means. It's time for the SHW podcast. This is our wrestling. I'm B-Double Brandon Benefield, GB Gerard Bonner, the lovely Diana Michelle, and... GB, I got to let you introduce our very special guest this evening. Go ahead, buddy. I've been telling you guys for weeks that we were going to make this happen, and people doubted me, and that's okay. Yeah, I don't yeah, mind being doubted. But the bottom line is I do what I say what I'm going to do. And, of course, next week the queen will be here, but right now it is our esteemed honor, one of the greatest honors of my professional career, to be perfectly honest <laughs> with you. To welcome the queen, the undisputed reigning queen of all things SHW. Ladies and gentlemen, Queen Rekka Tahaka. Queen, how are you? Hey. I'm well. Thank you guys so much for having me on here. I am so honored and blessed to have you guys here with me. And thank you again for, this is exciting. I'm, I'm excited, you know, to... Uh, make my return and uh, to talk a little bit, you know, what happened last time. So, uh, yeah. I, I mean, but let's not say right now, you know, cause I'm still kind of sensitive. It's been what, five, six months, but hey. I'm, I'm actually- sure get to that. I'm very sure. Cause you know, oh, yeah. GB's got a lot to say about that whole situation. I do, I do. I do. Don't worry. We have maintained the queendom. Everything is safe and sound. We've not let it get into enemy hands. So you're all good. No worries. No worries at all. So, so I'm intrigued because I want to get kind of to the beginning of, of your career. Like, so really, how did things start for you in terms of entering the world of pro wrestling? <sighs> That's always the, the big question I uh, always have to uh, think back to just because it well I started out I I wasn't really <laughs> I was born and raised on an island um we didn't like have tv or anything like that and even you know uh, our neighbor had a tv but it was all about like watching cartoons and things like that so I wasn't a normal kid growing up I didn't get to watch wrestling or know anything about wrestling um, I moved here to the United States when I was about 12 and, um, and I lived in Utah with my family and, um, crazy story when my family moved here, we still didn't have much. And my parents were always kind of, you know, put food on the table and things like that. So I was always trying to find ways to be active in sports and whatnot. So Growing up, I, I knew that my parents couldn't afford to get me into sports or anything like that. So I was just like, try out for sports. And then once I would make it and um, I would stop going, 
you know, and no one questioned it or anything like that. Um, after, um, after school, um, I still wanted to, you know, look and get into other sports and things like that. Um, cause I was always an active kid growing up. I wasn't a normal kid. Like we're talking about like other kids were watching TV and things like that and playing with dolls and toys at home. And I was outside like outdoors, climbing coconut trees, you know, like going off on my, um, my grandfather's, um, land and just like going on adventures by myself and, you know, being a kid at my age at the time, it was very scary. Just like, you know, my parents were always worried, but at the same time, like my parents were always at work. And so, um, but yeah, after school, um, I wanted to get into something. Um, and then I found women's football and I did that for a little bit till I dislocated my shoulder. And then it wasn't until I met um, my fiance now, uh, who goes by Manny Lemons, who was a pro wrestler at the time. And when I met him, I was like, he told me he was a pro wrestler. And I was like, oh, okay. Is that like high school wrestling? Because that's the only like wrestling I knew about, you know, like, and he just kind of laughed and said, no, uh, like Hulk Hogan, you know, Undertaker. I mean, at the time, like everyone has heard of who and knows who Hulk Hogan is and stuff like that. And um, I was like, oh, okay, you know, I've heard of it and whatnot. And so um, when we started dating, he was like always traveling at the time. And I was like, you know, mind if I go on the road with you? So he took me on the road with him and um, I was just always watching and supporting him. And that's kind of like, it sparked me one time. It was, it was at an Arizona show and I was sitting there and he came out of the curtains and like, Growing up, I always, like, I knew that I always wanted to help people in some way or form. Um, and I always wanted to end world hunger, you know, when I was a little kid and stuff like that. And, um, and I came out the curtain and I seen how, like, he was able to interact not only with adults, but, like, little kids. And it just, like, got me. And still to this day, when I talk about it, it like, it gives me chills because, like, that moment was the moment I knew that I wanted to get into prof professional wrestling. I wanted to become a wrestler. So it was just like, it was so weird because like my parents always like believed and you got to go to college, you know, you got to get um, a good job. You need to become a lawyer, a police officer, like things like that. Um, just because they didn't want us, especially me as being one of the second oldest to struggle or you know have to go through what they went through to you know not having much um growing up and stuff like that but I didn't want to go to college I thought to myself I was too smart for college you know at the time um so I when uh when we came back to Utah after traveling with Manny for a little bit um he wanted to open up a, a promotion which is now known as Devotion Championship Wrestling and uh, that's when I, I, I told him, I was like, well, if you're going to open up a, a promotion, uh, you're going to train me. So from there on out, uh, two, it's been two and a half years now since I've been in professional wrestling. Although I got thrown to the wolves 
pretty early, you know, like I started training like for three months and then I got thrown into my first match and uh, that was pretty scary. It was very scary. I was still learning. I was still, you know, I still am green and new uh, to the business and still learning and stuff like that. But I think I progressed pretty much when I moved here to Atlanta and I started training out at the Nightmare Factory and, um, and it's, it's been good. I, you know, ever since. And so happy and, and blessed about the people that has helped me get where I am now and the support. Um, although I would say this business is pretty crazy as when it comes to sacrificing a lot, giving up a lot and losing family and friends, you know, and, but it comes with it, you know, like if, if you truly are passionate and, and you love something, uh, you're gonna, you're gonna give everything you got and you gotta put under 10% in everything you do. And, you know, you may lose the people now and, you know, missing birthdays and funerals and family events and everything like that. But at the end, you know, as long as you're happy, you know, it'll all be worth it. So, so yeah, but I'm, I'm still here. I, I love it. I don't regret everything, you know, anything at all. Um, again, I'm still learning and we'll see where it goes from here. So wow, I, that's, that's yeah. awesome. That's awesome yeah. to hear your backstory because, you know, we've known you for a little while now and, uh, Whenever we see you, whether it's a night at my factory or at uh, at SHW, you know, we never really get a chance to delve into like your backstory and all that kind of stuff. So it's really cool to kind of hear that how you got into the business. And you kind of touched on it there for a second. And uh, I don't know how deep you would want to go, but I am curious, like, um, like if you have any siblings and how many and and how your family was, like, what they thought about you getting into this crazy world of pro wrestling. And then also, you talk about Manny being the one to start training you. What was his thoughts when you approached him saying you wanted to wrestle? Him already being in the business and knowing what it's like, did he kind of go, I don't know, or was he all about it? Or I'm just curious, like, your family's thoughts on you getting in the business and also Manny's thoughts. Yeah, so I am the second oldest out of five siblings. I have an older brother uh, and then three girls in the middle and then one boy. Um, and so – when I, well, I didn't really tell my parents that I was gonna go into you know, professional wrestling. Um, it wasn't until my first debut um, is when I kind of set my, my mom down. Um, and I was kind of telling her that, you know, I decided to become a professional wrestler. And her first thought was like, oh my gosh, you know, like speaking to me in Samoan, like, why would you want to do that? you're too pretty, like, you're going to get your face messed up, like, you're going to get hurt, something's going to happen, like, she, she had all these doubts, and um, wasn't very supported at the time, like, she just said, that's a waste of time, you should just go to school, and, um, yeah, so, she was pretty much saying every possible negative thing, I, I love you, mom, if you end up watching this, I'm sorry, but, she is now very, very supportive. You know, it took a minute. Um, I think she had all those doubts because she didn't really understand and uh, and really understand what the business was all about. And she never, I mean, she's seen what, what it was on TV and things like that. 
And uh, come to find out, like when I was out um, on my little adventures, uh, my parents would go to their friend's house and actually watch wrestling. Wow. Uh, so, oh. you know, they, they knew who The Undertaker was. So the, every wrestler I mentioned to my mom now is like, oh, yeah, I know who that person is or, you know, this wow. and that. And I was like, wow. and she, she actually, um, my dad actually went to high school with Umaga. So wow. hear about that till, what, uh, last year? So, yeah, it took a minute for my parents to just kind of be acceptance of of me uh, being in the business and things like that. But now they're very supportive. Um, my my parents are very excited uh, where I'm going in life, and they they love it. You know, they they love when they get um, stopped by the store or their friends are like from church oh my god I'm so proud of your uh, your daughter you know like you must be a proud parent so of course they're gonna be like yeah that's my kid you know what I mean? <laughs> and, uh, yeah so she she came to my first show um two months ago uh it was actually our anniversary show and uh she she cried when oh my god <laughs> No. It was like one of those like moments after so long. I tried to convince her to come to one of my shows and um stop it. Stop it, stop it. She finally did. And uh, you know, I, I won the state title and um uh, when I was cutting my promo, I could see in the crowd, because it was kind of black, was this, this crazy lady just like screaming my name and crying in the crowd and just wouldn't even sit down. She was just like so excited. And, um, and that, and that moments like that, like, you just, you just can't re replace moments like that because that, that moment was very special for me. And, wow. And that's when I knew, you know, like, sometimes parents just have to give their, their kids a chance to, you know, even if it's not the dream the parents want, like, you just have to give your kids a chance to pursue their own happiness in life. Because she may not have been supportive in the past, but now she's a thousand percent supportive of everything I do. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm full and happy for that. Um. <laughs> no, I don't. Well, you, you bring up a great point because I feel like a lot of us, and not even the wrestlers themselves, but the wrestlers and like folks like us doing the ring announcing or the commentary, you know, like I'm sure we've all had family that looks at us kind of sideways, like pro wrestling, really? Like, why are you so into that? But it's just one of those passion things. Like we're all so passionate about it and we've grown yeah. up watching it. And like you, you got into it later than, than some folks, but I mean, you just became passionate about it. And it's, it's really cool. Once your family or your parent or whoever it is finally sees that like, wow, they really are into this and they're like yeah. really good at it. You know? Right. So it's really yeah. cool to hear that, that your mom came around like that. That's really awesome. 
on the way to the show because they uh, they live about two hours away from where venue is. Um, my sisters have been coming there. I've always been to every one of my shows, and, and I knew I was winning the state title, so that was a very uh, you know very important show for me. And um, I wanted my mom to be there. Actually, more of my nephew. Uh, he's he's just this four year old who looks like he's six already, <laughs> and and he's my parents are trying to find like some sort of sport to put him in because he just has so much energy and he's just like this big like Polynesian kid that I posted one of the videos he was uh, punching the punching bag and yeah. working out with him in in the garage and at my parents' place and all of a sudden I look over and he's like hitting his head on this punching bag and I was like goodness sakes like nothing hurts you like he's just he's just like sometimes I will like pretend to you know super kick him and stuff and he just laughs and like he'll just try to like kick me back and all the crazy stuff but I wanted him to be at my show and um the anniversary show my mom and my sister arrived at the show and uh, they called me to come to the door and she was like I didn't want to bring Titus. He is just too wild. I'm scared he might just run and jump in the ring, you know, when, <laughs> and start fighting the person you're fighting and things like that. And I was like, I was a little bit sad, but I was like, okay, it doesn't matter at this point. You know, you're here. Uh, that's fine. And um, <laughs> my, she was telling me after the show, she was like, I was telling your sisters that this was going to, on the way here, this was going to be my first and last show. Like, I don't know how I feel about people hurting each other and I just don't want to see you get hurt, but I'll, I'll, I'll support you from afar and things like that. And, and she was like, but after tonight, oh my gosh, I want to come back every time you guys have a show. And I, I had so much fun. Like, it was just like, I couldn't believe it. I was just like, and and she stayed throughout like everything, even like the ring tear down and like wow. she was up to all the wrestlers. She was like talking to them, how like all of them were her favorites and all this stuff. And I was just like, goodness sakes, like <laughs> this is a good. <laughs> you created a monster in one show. That's amazing. Yeah, and and she loves it. Like she, I have never seen her so happy. Like it was wow. just one moments again it was just like I am so glad that she gave me the chance because if she didn't she would be sitting at home you know watching from afar watching what I'm doing on social media but she uh yeah she loves it so she's a she's a very proud mom yeah That's so is great. my my dad's always at work so he can't really make one of my shows but my mom records it so you know, every time I visit, my dad is always asking me questions and asking how everything is and whatnot. So, but uh, as far as uh, Manny, when I got in the business, uh, <laughs> I mean, he, when I told him I wanted to, you know, start uh, training and that he was going to train me, he was actually pretty excited just because, you know, he was kind of kind of sad in a way that you know every time we travel like I'm always sitting at the hotel room or just waiting for hours till the show starts so it kind of made it easier on him for for me to you know become a wrestler so that we can eat we're able to do it together so gotcha. yeah 
No, that that's awesome. And I, I think one of the reasons why I love that we're even talking about this is I think too often when fans see their favorite wrestlers or what have you, they can often be so verbal and never understand what's happening behind the scenes. You know, the fact that as a wrestler, you had to push through your family, not necessarily supporting you, which I think if until you've never had your parents you know, support you in a space. It's just, it's one of the weirdest things. And it's almost like, it doesn't matter what all the other fans say. If your parents aren't down with it, it all feels weird. And when they finally come around, it's mm-hmm. just, it's literally like you've won the world title. Yeah. And so I, I, am, I am just excited about that. Tell me about this, since, since we're there, um, how challenging was it for you to push through your parents' initial disapproval of you being a part of the business. I mean, most of us live to make our parents happy. And so when our parents are naturally upset about something or they disagree, it can almost change the direction in which we'll go. But you decided to stick with it. Uh, How difficult was that for you to, to stick with this particular passion? It was, I mean, it was very difficult, especially after not having that first conversation uh, you know, when I, when I told them what I was doing and what I was going into, you know, and after them being kind of upset, um, just something in my heart, you know, obviously I had my cries and was thinking to myself, maybe this isn't the right, you know, uh, decision to make. Maybe I should go to school. Maybe I should become something that my parents want me to pursue and, and whatnot. Um, but just something in my heart like was telling me to just keep pushing you know just keep going to training like everything is is going to be fine like you're you're in the right path and um and I guess like with the help of of Manny always just saying you're fine you know it's okay like they'll understand sooner or later um and every time I had I was upset like I would go to training and then being around like the people there you know, just kind of uplifted me, like, and I think that's really important, um, is having, is having people that support you, even, even if you think you made the wrong decision, Mm -hmm. because if you're by yourself, and you don't have anyone to talk to or vent to, it just makes it difficult, and I think when I was at training is what helped me the most, um, you know, when I'm doing roles, or, uh, I, even though I had my own challenges, personal challenges, I kind of left it at the door every time I walked into training. So it was just like a new, fresh mind every time I walked in there. And all I was focusing on was like trying to perfect the things that I was doing in the ring. And uh, that, that helped me a lot, that's for sure. Um, it was, I mean, it, it was very challenging because I, I love my parents with all my heart, you know, and it kind of made it difficult at the time to go over to their house um, just because I, I knew something negative or they were going to ask me what I'm doing if I've decided to go to school and things like that. And um, I kind of avoided it at the time, but um, when I didn't come around as often, you know, my mom would call and and check up on me and ask me why I haven't come over and and things like that and I would just kind of talk to her and just give her little hints and things like that um 
I think she started understanding that it's, it's not worth for my daughter to just stay away. You know, I might as well be a supportive parent and, you know, agree and support in every decisions that she makes. And she came around, you know, but it was, it was very challenging at the time. It, it made me lose motivation at most times, but, um, Sometimes in life, if you think that that what your heart is telling you and your gut is telling you that it's the right thing for you, you should still t stick to it, no matter what people or or no matter what people think or say, because at the end of the day, you you make your own happiness. You know, like even if the decision is wrong, you're we're only. <clears throat> we're not perfect. Like we're, we make mistakes and we learn from it and we adapt and we move on. But at the end of the day, also life is too short. And if you don't follow what your heart tells you, then you're going to be sitting around wondering what if, if I decide to just follow someone else's health, happiness instead of mine. Right. So. Right. And, and a lot of times your family will be attracted to the passion that you have in your dreams. That bring you know eventually they they do kind of come around and I, I kind of have a similar situation there with my dad like he's not really for my I'm not even in the ring fighting but he's really not in you know me being in the ring period for the the thought of something might happen to me but you know now he's he'll say well looks like you have a date booked to wrestle we can't sing this weekend because you have a date booked to wrestle you know and a, but then we're moving around and he, he's kind of coming around, but we still don't talk about the awards <laughs> yeah. or anything. Like that. He doesn't really know about all that stuff. So I, I get it. I, I get how, how they're feeling about it. And it is tough. It is yeah. tough, but keep pushing, keep doing your thing. And, and the more you're shining, they're going to come around. They're going to be good. They'll be yeah. all about it. Like your mom. They'll be all about it. Well, I also come from a very, very big family. So when I'm not at like, when I miss out on family events and funerals and things like that, they're always, you know, at the time they were wondering like, where, where's Rekka? Like, what is she doing? Why is she not here? And I could tell most of them were kind of upset because they, you know, it was various like special moments to them and I'm missing it. Either it was a wedding, you know, and I mean, it broke my heart because like I would be on the road and I would be thinking, how much fun they were having or you know what's going on in my family's life who's all there you know am i yeah. am i really making the right decision like giving up that to be on the road going to this and um but now my whole family they all know that i'm a professional wrestler and they all are all very supportive yeah. um, some of them don't come around but they watch from afar you know and i know who they are so but the, the most important people that are close to my heart are here and they're very supportive towards what I'm doing in life. And that's all that matters to me. That's right. That's Absolutely. awesome. And, and you guys wonder why she's the queen. This no, is why. No, not wonder. I, well, I know there, there are some, some, some haters in the comments who like <laughs> to tell me regularly who they think the queen is. And I'm glad that they're finally getting to understand why she is our queen she's handled adversity she has just done an amazing job with it i mean let's let's be honest wouldn't you want your children to be like the queen like seriously i mean 
handle adversity, have a dream, go after it with all of their heart and soul and be successful? Come on. Come on. All hail the queen. All hail the queen. You're so sweet. (laughs) So so I I have to ask this because this is what's interesting to me. Um, When we first saw you at the Nightmare Factory, at no point did I think to myself, she's only been wrestling a year, two years. Like I never got that from you. So how is it that you've managed to pick up so fast on this business? Because I mean, literally what's happened with you in the last two years has been pretty remarkable in terms of the places you've been, the way that you've been able to maintain what you're doing. How'd you pick up on this so quickly? She played football, did you not know? Well, I was gonna ask about that, but you know, that, I mean, that, that, I, those I, girls I, hit harder than the guys. You're right. You're right. <laughs> I've always thought of myself as a as a quick learner. Um, when it came to, uh, when it came to uh, things I would do just in school, I was always like one of those. I was always competitive in in a way, like even with sports that I would try out from junior high to high school and. Uh, even after high school, I've always wanted to challenge myself to see if I was good enough, uh, no matter what it was. Uh, when it came to like a, a science project, you know, I've always put 100% effort in everything I do because I, I knew in my heart that I can do it. You know, I, I have the wisdom. I have what it takes to make everything that I do stand out than what other people would do. And I've always had that mindset, even my jobs that I've had, like I would go out and beyond to always just try to be the overachiever in a way, you know. Um, I would always ask questions to make sure that I was, um, that I was doing everything that I did correctly so I don't have to ask again later. So it came around with, you know, again, everything that I did and um, I think, I got promoted um, in my jobs so quickly when I was starting out just because of, I was always like a, I was always, again, putting 110% in everything I do and I always wanted to outwork other people, not because of an ego or anything, but because in my mind that I can, I can be anything I want. I can outwork like everyone if I wanted to and just, I just wanted to show that I had some sort of superpower. Let's just be honest. That's what I was kind of trying to do. Like, I was like, I'm smart. I know how to do this. I think I can out, I can out do this. I think I can, you know, multitask and put all of this together. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I was always a quick learner growing up. I would pick things up very, very quick. And so when I came to the Nightmare Factory and uh, I already had the tools i just didn't know which where to place them pretty much so from the help of the coaches there i was able to understand and things made more sense to me you know than um, when i was starting out and i was like oh okay so now putting all of that together okay that makes a lot of sense now i can move forward without having to take different paths because i'm not understanding what this and that was because again I grew up not knowing anything about wrestling you know it wasn't it was it was supposed to be just I want to travel the world because I want to be with my fiance and um 
And then it became a passion and then it became a dream. And I wanted to give everything that I got to be able to get somewhere uh, in life with what I've decided to push forward in uh, professional wrestling. So, Quick so question. yeah. As you're talking about the Nightmare Factory, I just, I'm curious, how did you guys get connected? I mean, you're all the way out there in Utah, you're training with Manny. And I'm just curious, how did you guys get connected with the Nightmare Factory? And did you, did you move to Atlanta or you just came and stayed uh, for short periods of time? How'd that work out? Um, so I've always believed that everything in life happens for a reason. Um, so we are friends with, uh, I don't know if you heard of him, Roman Rizal. And um, at the time, I, met, I actually met this guy at... Um, we were doing extra work for WBE when they came to uh, Utah. And um, we just kind of sat at the catering. Uh, it was me, him, Manny, and uh, a few of other, our roster. And we just kind of like got to know each other and things like that. And um, he just became a really good friend and we started booking him out to devotions and uh, because at the time he was like starting out and things like that and he was like I just need someone to give me an opportunity you know uh, things like that and and Manny was able to give Roman uh, th that opportunity at that time to start out with devotion and so he was very grateful and he was telling us that he was planning on moving to Kentucky uh, to train out at uh, OVW uh, which is um, ran, I believe, by L. Snow um, at the time. So we were able to get connected with L. Snow and we brought him out um, to Devotion a couple of times and we became really, really good friends with L. And uh, so we were just kind of talking about what he was doing with OVW and, you know, he was telling us that he was running training and TV was starting back up again. And he's just doing a lot of big things with OVW. And uh, he just was, you know, with, with everything that was going on with how we decided to partner uh, Devotion Championship Wrestling with OVW, we thought it would be best to move to Kentucky to, you know, uh, because there's, in Utah, there's, people don't really know that there's wrestling there. So we wanted to just kind of spur out and just kind of spread the, the word, you know, that now that we were partnered with um, L Snow Academy, we just kind of wanted to also let other people out there that there is wrestling in Utah. Mm -hmm. Not just the, the Mormon church, you know, right. but also wrestling. Yeah. Uh, so it was really crazy because the week that we were supposed to move down uh, to Kentucky, was when Manny got a call from Roman and, and he said, I think I just, I just came here to Atlanta um, and I just trained at the Nightmare Factory. And I think the best decision is for you guys to move down to Atlanta to train at the Nightmare Factory instead of uh, Kentucky. And uh, we were kind of like, no, no. I mean, we already have this set. You know, we, we're, we're gonna take over the lease at some house uh, in, in uh, Kentucky. No, everything is set. And um, we're like, there's no way. And so we just kind of sat and just was 
thinking back and forth and like, is this the right decision? And what do we do? Like, this is all happening so quick. We literally have a week to, you know, make up what we want to do. And so that's when I was like, I think it's best for you, Manny, to go to Atlanta and see like what's out there. And, and if your heart tells you, you know, when you get there that this is the right move, then we'll do it. But if not, if you don't have a good experience, then, you know, we already have this plan that's already set. And so that was the plan. So Manny came to the Nightmare Factory and uh, I was texting him. I was like, how's everything? Did you make it? Like, what's going on? Blah, 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 blah. And he didn't respond to me for the longest time. And I was like, oh my God, like, this is it. You know, like, it's probably bad. Like, let me just bag my bags, make sure that we have our flight to Kentucky. And, uh, and then after a few hours, he calls me around like 12 or 11 o'clock at night. He's like, so sorry, we just got out of training. But he was just like full, like I couldn't even hear him because he was like, this is the right decision. I think this is it, this is it. We have to move down here. And he was just so full of excitement. I couldn't even hear what he's saying. Like, I don't know if he was freaking out or like he's happy or anything like that. And wow. I was like, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure this is the right decision? This is what you want to do? He's like, I'm a thousand percent sure. We're not going to go to Kentucky. Like no offense to Al, but I think this is, this is where we are meant to be. I just have a, a really good feeling about this. And so I was like, okay, whatever. And so <laughs> after that, uh, then after that week, we uh, packed our bags and we came down to Atlanta and uh, we were looking for a place to stay. We were in a hotel for about a week, you know, we were surfing for places and stuff like that. And um, at the t so at the same time, we were attending training and, and, and whatnot. But when I first started training, I was, I was nervous um, because I was like, what if, what if I'm not good enough? you know, uh, to be here. I feel like these are the high top level students and everything, everyone is doing such cool stuff in there. And I don't even know what I'm doing. All I have is, is a few moves in my back pocket and this crazy savage character that when I, when I'm walking up with someone, I, I have to do the hawk at first or something like that. And so I remember, and I still have this video of me when I first wrestled, and I did the haka, and I looked over at QT's face, and he was like, like, he was so shocked. He was like, where the heck did this come from, or who the heck is this person, you know? And uh, ever, ever since then, um, that's, that's when I knew, like, this is, this is where I'm meant to be. It's just, like, the atmosphere, the people there were very supportive and like the coaches like know like what they're doing and teaching the students and it was it was such an it's such an still to this day an amazing experience that i'll never forget for sure but yeah yeah it, it's amazing the importance of as you say being in the right place at the right time and how certain doors just literally open for you i mean the timing of you showing up at the nightmare factory, COVID hits, all of these things happen. And then it, it just feels like all things nightmare factory become a pipeline to opportunities in AEW. 
Yeah. And so, I mean, talk to us about what that's like, where now you've made this decision to go to the Nightmare Factory, and it seems like, boom, the whole world opens up for you. Yeah, I mean, I was, again, I've always liked to challenge myself in everything that I do. So even when we didn't have training, I was always like bothering QT, like, hey, can I go to training, you know, and, and things like that. Even, I mean, I was, I'm one of those people that I'd rather go to training or get good at what I was doing at the time instead of like going to a party. So I remember one day I was telling Manny, I was like, it was actually my birthday. I was telling him, I was like, I want to go to training. Like, I didn't want to go out for my birthday. I like birth, I'm getting old, you know? I, so it was always, again, putting in the effort, you know? And he has no idea. Right. Come on. <laughs> old? Come on. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was like, who has time for birthday? My birthday's every day, you know? Like, <laughs> I just want to go to training. I want to, I want to, I want to get better. I want to just keep, keep working. Like, at, at the time, I, that was always, my mindset, like, I just want to work, 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 and um, just to perfect everything that I was doing, and even, you know, just even getting in the ring, like, I, I felt like it's, it's my home. Every time I'm in the ring, like, I just get, like, this feel, just like a, like a breath of, like, fresh air. I just, like, standing in there and just, like, oh, my God. Like, it's such a happy moment. Like, every time I'm in the ring, it's, like, it's such a good feel. Like it makes me literally so happy. Like to be no matter what ring it is. Like I'm always so happy because in my mind I know this is where I'm meant to be, and this is what I was born to do. And so yeah, it was uh, it was my birthday, and I texted QT and I said uh, I want to go to training if it's open, and he's like, but it's your birthday, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. so I, I kind of I went to training and, and Manny came over and he's all like we need to go somewhere and I was like no like I don't want to go anywhere you know whatever whatever you have planned for me on my birthday I don't want to go anywhere and um and then he blindfolded me uh on my birthday and uh he took me somewhere and it was like oh my gosh like what do you have up your sleeves and uh so very special birthday is one of the best birthdays ever that I will never forget uh so when I he took off the blindfold and everyone from my class was there even some of the coaches and uh it was the best time ever because you know I sometimes forget that when I'm in my own mind and uh space that even if it's not blood or anything like that, but like there are people that care about you and they're always going to be by your side. Mm -hmm. um, again, family and friends that you grew up knowing, like they're all there, but at the same time, like making new friends was like, was always hard for me, but for the people that was there from my school, it was like, it meant the world to me. And that's when like, I knew that there are people that like love and support me no matter what I do. And, um, and it's, it was crazy because a few days after my birthday, um, I get a, I get a call, um, from Cody and he told me, um, if I could, 
if I was available to come work the house show against Jade. And I was like, what? No, like this is too soon. Like in my mind, I was like, I am not ready. You know, of course I told him, I was like, yeah, of course it's, it would be my honor. Like this is such a big opportunity. And, um, and of course I was like, pissing my pants. It's like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know how to feel. Like I remember not sleeping for a couple of days because I was just overthinking uh, myself. And, you know, uh, when I went to training the next day, I, I went in and gave, QT a big hug and I was like thank you so much for believing in me and uh and he's like you deserve it because you've been putting in the work you know you've always showed up even if we didn't have training like you're always putting um a hundred percent in everything you do and you're always working hard so you deserve this opportunity and so and it all started from there and I remember when I was at the house show I was getting ready and I was the only person in this locker room and I was looking around and I was like, this is where I was meant. Is, is this all a fluke? Like, are they going to pull me out and say, I'm not, I'm not going to be on the show. This is all just a prank. <laughs> and I remember just like walking up and I was in backstage and I just had like just all this emotion and just all these feels was like, I don't know how to feel right now. And as soon as I walked out of that stage, like I was, I was comfortable for some weird reason. I was comfortable. Like I felt like, again, this is where I was meant to be not only in, in front of a big stage, but I didn't have like, I'm not scared to be in front of people. And I think that's most of people's fear is that when there's people watching you, you tend to just kind of shut off and, um, be scared in a way. No, me, I was, I was like going crazy. I was doing haka. I was like making all these weird faces. Like if I could find that video, cause I know it wasn't recorded, but I'm sure someone recorded it from the crowd and put it on YouTube. I, I would go back and watch like how my face looked because I was doing all sorts of like, you know what I mean? Like, not that a meme. <laughs> but um but yeah I mean my family wasn't there but the only person that was there at that time was was Manny and he was in the crowd and he gave me a big hug after the show and he was crying and I was like quit crying like that may ask me but I'm I'm you know uh so yeah it was just it was it was one of those experiences that I I, I knew that you know, this is where I meant, was meant to be. And it was just a really great feeling. Like, I don't know how to explain it. And after that, like all the opportunities uh, with AEW, like the doors and being on dark and elevation and, and things like that, like it just, it was there on out from, from, from that moment, you know? Um, and yeah, here we are. <laughs> you know, I, I just want to, uh say a couple things here uh, off of what you've been saying and that is you know gb mentioned earlier how it's crazy how certain things just happen you know like they're supposed to uh mm -hmm. whatever it is in the world that makes it that way it's just crazy how certain things play out um and selfishly i'm glad you didn't stick with kentucky and i'm glad you came 
to the Nightmare Factory because otherwise yeah. we would have never met we you. Never. And, I know. And so we got to know you early on when you were at the Nightmare Factory. And so what's been really cool for us is to see that development. Yeah, I mean, obviously you were training prior to coming to the Nightmare Factory, but from that point and everything that's happened since then, it's been really <laughs> cool for us to be able to see that progression. And you also mentioned uh, the match with Jade, which was on that house show. It was like the one and only house show that AEW ever had. It was at Daly's Place. And maybe one day it'll come out on a DVD somewhere eventually, but to this point, nobody's ever seen it. However, yeah. uh, and I think I could say this, it's never appeared anywhere, and I don't know if it ever will, but GB and I had the pleasure of calling you versus Jade at the Nightmare Factory. You know, we've had several practice shows there, and so that was one of those cool moments, too, where you look at where Jade has gone, and you look at where you have gone since that time when you both were training at the Nightmare Factory, and for us, it's, it's kind of a geek-out moment where we're like, yeah. oh, man, we just got to call this match for these two future superstars. And, yeah. and now here we are, what is it, like a year and a half, two years later since that yeah. happened, and you both have gone on to do big things. And uh, so selfishly, I'm very – I'm a fan of Al Snow just like everybody else. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> and uh, But, you know, selfishly, I'm glad you didn't go there and you ended up coming here. Um, but also, you guys currently are somewhat affiliated with the Al, Al Snow Wrestling Academy, correct? Yeah, we, yeah we, we still are. We still have that relationship. You know, um, we still keep in good contact with, with Al. I mm -hmm. call him my uncle because he always gives me a hard time. Um, and, but he's, he's such a good person. Um, so, yeah, we, we were still able to, to call our, uh, our school the El Snow Academy uh, slash Devotion Championship Wrestling. So, so I guess yes. once, once he left OVW, so he moved to Utah? to have the school at your building or how'd that work out? Um, so how that worked out was uh, he came to uh, Utah. He wanted to see what our promotion was all about after we got in contact. Mm -hmm. And he kind of did like a, a manual for how he wanted us to train our students and things like that. And so he came out there and he kind of seen what devotion was all about and you know, he really liked it, and he was like, what, what do you guys say about, you know, being in a partnership, you know, like, because I know he has, like, different other uh, El Snow locations. I think there's one in the UK, so at that time, he was trying to, you know, um, get a few schools to be named after him um, and, and whatnot, so that's how we became about that. Um, I don't know what's really going on with OVW at this time, uh, just because it's been a while. Um, but we, ever since then, we just kind of we just kind of stuck with with the Al Snow Academy. Gotcha. Um, he was gonna, you know, once in a while when we do meet up, you know, we still talk about how the school was doing and, and things like that. So because we were just start, starting out, you know, Devotion was just starting out, and so everyone knows who Al Snow was. And I think we wanted to just kind of like get that exposure of letting people out of Utah know what devotion is all about by putting Al Snow on there, so. I love it, I love it. And of course, you made your way to SHW, your queendom. Yes. And you came in, dare I say like Miley Cyrus, you were a wrecking ball. It was incredible a to watch what you, that's a good one, wreck a ball. I like that one better. 
I'll hold on to that one. Thank you. She came in like a wreckable. Yeah. Wreckable. It, we need to write these down. I need to write these. We do, right? <laughs> yeah, that could be a new finisher, the wreckable. The, ooh, there it is. Don't worry, we'll we'll put it over on commentary. We know the commentary guys. Oh. <laughs> we'll we'll have a word with them. Um, but 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 talk talk about what it was like to make your journey into SHW. Yeah, so, I mean, I've heard of SHW. Um, when I was starting out, um, I heard that SHW was, you know, one of the biggest promotions here in Atlanta. And so I was like, ooh, I think it would be cool to, you know, get not only on the bigger stage, but also in, in my hometown right now, uh, just to see what's out there. And I... I remember sending a message just saying, hey, do you guys have any, you know, uh, is there a chance I could come in and things like that? And uh, they messaged me right away and they say, yeah, we actually have um, a storyline for you. Actually, no, it, let, me, let me just backtrack. <laughs> After having a conversation, you know, with you guys, when you guys came to the Nightmare Factory, as when it all kind of started, okay, you know, after, you know, putting in a little good word, you know, so when I messaged them, they, they, they were able to help me out and, and knew who I was, so that's when it, when it started, but when I came by the over, way, by the way, by the way, we weren't trying to get you to put us over, but no, it just happened to be part of the story. <laughs> I, I, I needed to, because I can't forget the people who helped me get you know, to, to where I am now. So of course I have to, I'll put you guys over a thousand percent because that's the truth. And every not one needs to know the truth. I'm sorry. <laughs> Tell it, preach it. There it is. So, but yeah, so, um, so he said that he, he had a big storyline for me and I was like, oh my gosh, like I haven't even stepped foot in the ring and you, you already have plans for me. Okay, we'll, we'll see where this goes. Mm -hmm. So when I when I came over and I met everyone, um, just when I walked out on that stage, like the energy from the fans. I mean, you know, I'm sure some of them seen me on TV, but just like the energy was just like amazing. It was so different. I can't really like explain it. It's just, and I thought in my head, I was like, no wonder why this is one of you know, the best promotions here is because of the fan and the people that work here. That's just like such an amazing environment that you want to be in. And, um, and, it, and just walking in that, that ring, I just, again, I was just comfortable being around the fans and, and being around people and being in front of the camera. I was just like, I was born to do this. Like, come on. <laughs> Haka, I'm here to wreck some balls. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> it's just such, again, grateful for the people that contact. Um, and just, I love SHW. It's such an amazing promotion. Like, I'm so grateful for people that, that are running it. And they have such amazing talents. And just everyone there, I just... The fans, though, they, they'd be wild. They'd be wild. Yes. <laughs> a little bit. A, a little lot. Bit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you missed it in the last show. 
I still love. <laughs> they are crazy. Uh, my first, my first experience of Rekka Tahaka was at your debut at SHW, and I remember you you getting there early and everything, and, and introducing yourself. And I was like, "Wow, who's this chick?" You know, I mean, she looks badass. You know, she, whatever. But I didn't put it together what your role was going to be that night. And even when you came down the ramp, I was like, holy crap, who is this? Because, I, I mean, you were just in street clothes when I saw you the first time. And then, you know, before yeah. the show, it's, it's crazy for me either way because I'm running all over the place doing God knows what. But when you came down the <laughs> ramp and your video hit, you came down, I was like, who is this? You know, and then, like you said, you came out like you owned the place and your aura just resonated through the whole place. And it was just like, this chick is here to stay. She's going nowhere. It was quite an experience. You made a big impression on Diana. Oh, well, that's big what time. I say every time I see you in the ring, you know, and you're doing the announcing. And so I was like, girl, like, who's this girl? You know, <laughs> so gorgeous. Like, baby. Your voice is just like so amazing. Like when you sang that national anthem that one time, I had no idea it was you. Like I had to look through the curtains and I was like, no way. No. <laughs> My like, little secrets. No, don't let it be a secret. Embrace <laughs> you have You're quite some a secret yourself, ma'am. Yes, she is. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yes. What about <laughs> secrets? Quite a singer yourself. <laughs> thank you but yeah it's just you're you're an amazing person and i love seeing you for sure and i love seeing these guys at their famous desk you know sorry Man, about they are the best if you yeah. didn't know meet my brothers from another mother i mean good lord i don't just happen to have it sitting right next to me okay. wow you guys just <laughs> sorry. sorry i mean mine is back there <laughs> but i mean you just right there i mean geez oh um, yeah you guys deserve it he is wow. sure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, so we've, we've got to get to what many are calling the best match, the best women's match in SHW history, the strap match, the infamous strap match that happened at Still Here 3, which in my mind and Go a ahead. lot of other people's minds, there's still a lot of controversy <laughs> surrounding this match. Tell me your feelings about that match, because that match was incredibly physical. That match was one of those things that I don't know if people were fully prepared for what they were going to get, though they knew it was going to be Smash Mouth. It blew the doors off of SHW. Talk a bit about what you felt like during that match. I mean, it was, it was a, a long time coming, and me and Indiana have had built up history for sure so i think from her frustration and and my frustration we were just pretty much ready to just for everything we had you know towards each other and that night it was it was all said and done you know like we <laughs> we didn't talk much because we had a lot to say in the ring against each other mm -hmm. and even though it was it was very physical, and um, but I still respect her to this day because she she put on one hell of a, a fight for sure. Yeah. She came on top, you know, whatever. Oh. <laughs> I would. Here we go. 
Here we go. Here we go. Go ahead, G. Go no, ahead. I, I, I want the queen to speak. This is her space to say what she needs to say. You know, in like, what, a minute or so, you know, the past few times that I did, I, I guess she caught me off guard, but I'm not going to let that happen again, you know, and I definitely think there should be a rematch, um, but we'll see. We'll Look, see what I the people want. Let me just tell you, and I know GB will agree with me here, but let's say you guys have another strap match. How about we do it the normal way where the winner has to tag all four corners, which is what we thought was supposed to happen as we're calling yeah. the match, which is why we were very confused. And then mm -hmm. that's why GB had a good point of going, well, there's a controversy here. That's mm -hmm. not how you win the match. So mm -hmm. Rekka got screwed here. That's not how you win. Yes. <laughs> that is exactly what happened. Valid point. Oh, my gosh. Right. Huh. So, anyways, we'll just put that out there. That, anyways. Uh, well, let's let me like the of Thomas been put out there because this point gets driven home every time. Right. Well, I'll, I'll just say this, okay? The person who's running around trying to call themselves the queen has not been inside of an SHW ring to fight ever since the strap match. So, that tells me that the true queen who is sitting right here who will be back representing her throne next week. Mm -hmm. There's not a question at this point. You put Danny Jordan out of in-ring competition in SHW. That's because you're the queen. So do we end it here? I mean, I'm, not, that's, I'm, just gonna say, I'm, not, I'm not touching that one. I'm not touching I'm just that saying. one because I'm Danny has- quiet. Dan, I'm going Danny has a history of punching me in the face, so I'm not even going to touch that one. That was all Gerard. But hey, I do want to ask this. When we're talking about that strap match, that particular night, okay, we had the double ring because we we're going to have the war chamber. And normally our booth is right down there on the floor right next to the ring. Well, this particular yeah. night, because of the setup and the two rings, we're up on the stage. And I'm thinking to myself, hey, we're out of harm's way. We're not even going to get messed with tonight yeah. because they're all going to stay down there. So whose idea, and I think I know whose idea it was, but was it you or Danny that said, hey, let's go up on the stage and get all over the announce booth? Who did, whose idea was that? I don't really remember, but because we wanted to just – beat the crap out of each other at that point. We just wanted to just take it everywhere. You know, she was pulling me, I was pulling her. Um, we just ended up on your guys' table. You know, I was like, all right, I might as well put on a good show. And because you guys were always there, I just wanted to make sure that, you know, you guys a little bit of piece of that too, you know? <laughs> well, let me just say, GB got a front oh row seat. God. And he couldn't have been happier if you heard the commentary repeatedly. I serve at the pleasure the of the queen. I serve at the pleasure you of up the queen. With his bag. My oh, pleasure. My pleasure. My pleasure. It was so great. It was great. It was great. Thank you. It's it quite great. the visual. Quite the visual. Uh, it was I, awesome. Yes. And for everybody watching, if you have Do not it. seen that, please go back to IWTV and rewatch that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would. For all reasons. Oh, my God. Well, hey, us. I think we should have one death match just to put an end to it all. Okay. So tell me the rules for a sumo one death match. No. No rules. As no I mean, rules at all. taps out. I mean, not even taps out, just passes out. You mm -hmm. know, uh, 
you get hit with the coconut, like an actual coconut. I don't think you can come back from that, but sign uh, me up. I'm pretty hardcore when it comes to things like this. I've been chased with the spoons, you know, when I was young <laughs> to listen to my parents. So uh, football. Okay. I mean, that's, that's hardcore. I mean, that's hardcore. Yeah. Uh, well, let's, oh. while we're talking about different matches, let's talk about next week coming up next Friday, SHW 37 on March 4th. Uh, you've got a match with Heather Monroe, who's a newcomer to SHW. We have uh, heard of her. Obviously, she's been all over the country, uh, been on AEW Dark a couple times. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, GB helped me out. Was it at center stage that we actually saw Rekka and Heather in a match? Yeah, championship wrestling ago. in Atlanta. Yeah, mm-hmm. not too long ago. So uh, what do you have to say to the fans and or to Heather Monroe in regards to the match next Friday? I mean, she should already know what I have to say. Um, I put in, I put her in her place, you know, when we were uh, at uh, Wrestle America. No, it wasn't Wrestle America. Is it Atlanta Championship Wrestling? Yeah, Correct. Mm-hmm. Center stage. Sorry. Right. Um, so we have history, pretty much, and I've beaten her before. And I mean, there's no, there's not going to be any difference when she comes to, you know, SHW. She's going to know that I'm the true queen of Atlanta. And let's just say she may have traveled all over the country and wherever she came from. Maybe I'll send her home with a participation trophy. Who knows, you know, for coming all this way to get her butt kicked. But I'm Rekha Tahaka. I'm here to stay. So if you want to bring everything you got, well, I don't have much to say because I'll just show you in the ring. But for you, Heather, maybe I'll beat your ass up just like how I did Danny Jordan in under a minute. So, whosoever's ass you got to kiss to get here and think you're going to be on top, We'll see about that. I couldn't be more proud. This is why she is the queen of the queendom, folks. No one's coming in here to take her off of her throne. And so she's kind enough to return next Friday. You need to have your tickets to watch the queen in person. Because I promise you. Will we get to hear GB sing you down to the ring? We have to ask permission for this. Now, let me just say. accompany you and sing you down. I will give up the microphone if he will sing you to the ring. So, so Rekha, let me just explain. Last week on on the podcast, and it's okay if you didn't hear it, but we had a segment in the podcast where we got really excited thinking, oh, how great would it be if GB sang you to the ring he has please. a voice of an angel. Please Talk about do. it later. Please do. I've heard him sing on one please. of your guys' podcasts. Yeah, I did. I did. I was I was filled with love. I was like, how is he hiding this talent? But <laughs> thank you. And if he could play the organ at the same time, it would be oh, amazing. Boy. He, he's a man, a man of many talents. <laughs> All right. So there you go. But we keep the focus on the queen. Go ahead and work it out how you want to sing it to the ring. 
So we just need to t- talk to the people in charge because now you've got Rekka's oh, endorsement. Boy. You know we're you know we're behind it. Petals. <laughs> I'll be like hang out till uh, till GB sings. Well, there you and go. Diana is the background singer, or maybe seeing a duet or something. We'll uh-huh. sit and just like in the background. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'll do. I'll play the air drums for some reason. <laughs> we'll work it out. <laughs> all right well real it. quick real quick uh next friday shw 37 march 4th let's go down this card real quick and uh tell you what's on the card we've got judas taking on david ali number one contenders match you're gonna have jordan kingsley going one-on-one with dylan mcqueen you've got Brandon finally making his return going one-on-one with gunner miller you've got uh, the Lynch brothers will be addressing the crowd. We don't know what that's going to be about. Hopefully, they're going to explain their actions after the last show. You're going to have our buddy, the Kill Billy, Nathan Mowry. I'm not sure what he's getting himself into, but he's facing Tank. And who knows how that's going to go he down. He just posted a video of him lighting himself on fire and putting himself on the table. So, I mean, the, the there's just He's crazy. The guy's crazy. He's different. Of course, we've got the championship cage match, which is going to be Owen Knight in a rematch defending against Joe Black. And, of course, our very special guest here tonight, Rekka Tahaka, making her return after nearly five months, taking on newcomer Heather Monroe. It's going to be quite a card. You're not going to want to miss it. And it's next Friday, SHW 37. Uh, tickets go on sale at the door starting at 5 o'clock. Doors open at 7 o'clock. Bell time at 8 o'clock. And, of course, go ahead and doing... order that SHW podcast T-shirt while you at it. Well, there you Boom. go. Absolutely. So yeah, uh, prowrestlingtees.com slash shwpod. You can find the uh, SHW podcast t-shirt and uh, wear it to the next show. It'd be great. You can come get your picture with all of us. Um, yeah. Now, Rekka, before we, before we get out of here, go ahead and give everybody your socials, all your uh, social yes. media handles. And do you have any merch or anything like that for sale you want to plug uh, while we got you here? For a second, I thought you, you said I gave everyone your social security number. I was going to say that is what i said what do you what's the big deal <laughs> but you can find me uh Rika Tahaka on instagram uh same as twitter um same as facebook as well and i also have t-shirts on uh wrestling uh, pros is it wrestling tees pro, oh my pro God. wrestling tees my brain today yeah, uh, that's okay but, um and yeah i think that's all my social security <laughs> 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 oh well, we cannot wait great. to see you we cannot wait to see you back in the yes. action building for shw 37 and uh, we will be back don't forget 7 to seven thirty with this show which will serve as the pre-show uh before the main show how many times can i say show in one sentence show show. Right. <laughs> show 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 thank you Rekka, for being on this show and yes. we'll see you next week but until then this I has see. been oh wait wait what happened now? I don't, I don't know. know. I thought, we got to let Rekka say what I thought she was going to say something before. What I, were you I, saying? <laughs> no, the joke, the joke has already passed. Oh, no. <laughs> Next week, no. Oh, there you go. I, I jumped to our outro too soon. Anyways. <laughs> oh, all good. It's all you. Until next time, this has been... SHW. This is our wrestling. <laughs> there we go. <laughs>